Welcome to I Could Make That, the show for craftsmen, makers, and anyone else who looks at something in the store and says, oh, I could make that. Today on I Could Make That, I want to tell you about my first time making a fishing lure. A little bit of background. My name is Nick Johnson. I'm a professional knife maker of six years. I have this really bad habit of wherever I go, especially if it's craft stores or craft shows, I look at things that I should just buy, and I end up saying to myself or whoever I'm with that I can make that. And everyone who makes things has heard this as well. If you're ever at a show presenting your handmade item, somebody always comes up and says, oh, I can make that. So let me tell you about fishing lures. Growing up as a kid, I was always that kid fishing with a little Zebco rod and reel. I was never any good at fishing. I never really learned how to, but I've always loved the act of fishing. It's no surprise that I became interested in how lures are made. So like many other things, I ended up researching it and watching videos on YouTube of other guys hand-making lures. And there are guys out there making some really beautiful lures, just photorealistic fish and crazy octopus crankbaits and these hundred-part snake builds. And I got to thinking, as I generally do, you know, that's not far off process-wise from what I do when I'm shaping handles or putting a finish on a handle for a knife. So I can make that. After watching many, many hours of other people making these lures, I decided to break out the GoPro and film myself making my first fishing lure. So I figured, I just moved to Virginia Beach. I live right by the ocean, 10 minute drive away from the bay. I might as well make my first lure a big ol' saltwater lure. So I started off as almost anything I feel should be started. I drew it out on a piece of paper. I don't know proper lure design, but I drew it out as best I could, this little lumpy looking fish-like thing, and I decided to go from there. So I went into this project with really low expectations. I, I, I know that your first time making something, it's not going to turn out anywhere near as good as you hope it will. So I set the bar really low. I drew out this about five inch bait. Uh, I drew out this five inch or so bait with, I set a couple parameters for myself. I decided that it should be blue in the back with kind of a red front. It should have gill plates. It should have two treble hooks and it should stand upright and swim kind of like a real lure or a real fish would. With those parameters in mind, I went out to the garage to try and find a suitable piece of wood. So I started looking through my collection of woods. Now these are all woods that I use for my knife handles. Some of them are extremely expensive and fancy, like I have some desert ironwood burl that just has all these crazy green patterns flowing in and out of each other like water. And I have some stabilized, triple dyed burl and crazy phenolytic resins. Problem with all those is they're expensive for their looks and I'm gonna be painting this thing, so that's a bust. Then in the other direction, I know a lot of people use woods like balsa, maple, and I just don't have those available because 
I don't use them. I mean, I do use maple, but I don't use balsa and a lot of the other lighter woods that are really good for lure making. I don't use them because they don't hold up well as knife handles. So I had to go through all these woods, and what I finally settled on, I had this lovely block of African mahogany that I bought. It has this great little brownish, tannish color as mahogany does. And mahogany was kind of perfect. It's a little bit dense for a lure, but it's a saltwater lure. It's pretty big. I want to be able to cast it out far, so that's good. But also mahogany, even though I was going to seal the entire thing, mahogany is pretty resistant to water, so that's an added bonus. But I found this perfect little one by three-ish by seven or so inch piece of mahogany, and I decided that that was the piece I was going to make this lure from. So now I had my piece of wood. Now the difficulties begin, because I, I just moved to Virginia Beach from Maryland, and I had my entire shop, all of my tools. I have belt grinder and these disc sanders and all sorts of tools for making knives that I use, but they're all just sitting in a pile in my garage right now. And worse than that, uh, several of them run on, you know, 220 volt, and I hardly have 110. And besides that, I don't have a workspace. The garage right now is filled up with all the boxes and furniture from the move. I don't have any kind of dust collection, so I'm going to have to do the whole thing outside. So luckily, I have one of those cheap little Ryobi bandsaws. I, I hate the thing. It It just gets stalled all the time, and it burns the wood, it doesn't cut well, which is, you know, also on the blade, but the bandsaw itself, not a huge fan of. But, so I dug that up from underneath all these other tools and my bike, and I took it outside, I set it up on one of those foldable, you know, kind of mobile workstations, and so this is not the ideal setup, but I'm outside of my garage with this little work stand with a bandsaw, a little Ryobi bandsaw set up on it, and it's the middle of January. I start cutting away at this piece of wood. Well, first, I marked out, I decided that this piece of wood, which is slightly bigger than my drawing, I didn't want to waste the wood, so I decided to scale up the drawing a little bit, or scale up the lure a little bit, and... I just, I tried to trace it out, but again, I just moved, so I don't have a scanner, which is what I would normally do. I would, after, I would take a drawing and I would scan it in and print out several copies. If it's a knife handle or something like that, I would print out several copies so that I have reference and then disposable pieces. I don't have that. So what I did is I traced out the original drawing on another piece of paper. Unfortunately, I don't even have tracing paper here, so I had to use thick drawing paper. So I made what ended up being a lopsided, lumpy kind of oval. But the general idea was there. And I figured, ah, you know, I might as well freehand this thing a little bit. So I transferred this oval-esque shape onto the piece of mahogany. I decided it wasn't big enough, so I scaled up the drawing freehand and now I have this basically freehand lure shape, but it still is basically a lure shape. Something like, I think it looks like a mullet, kind of. And I have this lure shape drawn out onto the mahogany. So I turn on the bandsaw, and 
you know, it's one of those awful bandsaws that takes a couple seconds to whir up to speed, and it starts whirring up to speed. And it took about 20 minutes to cut out this simple shape. I cut out the shape, and now I have the general profile of my lure. So now I have a roughly fish-shaped block of mahogany with some drawing and super glue on it because I tried originally to transfer that first drawing onto this piece of paper with super glue. Normally I use the special double-sided tape for transferring drawings onto things, but I don't have that here, so I had to use super glue. So I've got this blocky shaped piece of fish looking-esque wood. So now I have to smooth it out some. And thankfully, I did have my very first 2x72 inch belt grinder. So what this machine is, a frame made out of 2 inch steel tube, quarter in 2 inch, quarter inch steel tubing, welded together roughly way back in the day when I didn't know how to weld at all handmade parts. It doesn't run well. This thing is clackety. It doesn't track the belt correctly. The motor is held in by this XY vice off of eBay that I use to adjust my tracking and tension. It's awful. The only thing that's good is I bought a, uh, a pre-made platen for it, so at least that worked out pretty well. But the benefit of this old nasty, not-so-well-working grinder is that it runs off of 110. So I put the bandsaw away and dragged out this belt grinder. It must be 60 pounds. It's so much extra steel that it's unnecessary. I set it up and I put on I, the only belt that I could find that isn't an expensive ceramic belt used for ripping through hardened steel. It was this old 36-grit just aluminum oxide belt. And I just use that for woods only, but it's an old belt. It hardly has any tooth on it anymore, but that's what I had. So I put that on there and I smoothed out my lure on around the, uh, the profile of it. So now it's starting to look like an actual lure shape, at least from the side. So at this point, what other people do is they mark out an equal distance away from the edges, from every single edge, roughly about a quarter inch. They mark out a line going around the entire front, back, left, and right. So what you're doing there is you're trying to set up the corners. You're cutting away the corners of your lure so that you have even angles on all sides. And that way you can start to smooth it out and it doesn't lop over to one side or the other. What I should have done is gone through all my tools and found my dividers or calipers or something like that. But I was getting cold and so I just held a pen kind of tightly and marked around and I think I did a pretty good job because the whole thing ended up meeting from one line to the other. They all met up perfectly. But at this point, this is where I decided to deviate from what I had seen people online do. Now, what I've always seen these guys on YouTube do is they'll lock their now blocky profiled lure into a vise and they'll go around with a chisel and carving knives and cut away at the lines and 
I figured I've already got this one and a half horsepower belt grinder hooked up. I'm pretty good at rounding out corners on this thing because this is exactly how I round the corners on my knife handles. So I turn on the belt grinder. I very carefully start eating at one side to the next, going back and forth, taking little bites at first from each drawn line, eventually making them meet up. Five minutes later, I have this lure profiled and it's starting to round out. And it's really in its first stages of looking like it's actually something. And at this point, I start to round it out. And this is where I'm really happy about the belt grinder because back to what I've seen other people do is just take hours and hours and hours with a carving knife to smooth out those lines and connect the from one angle to another to make this smooth round fishing lure and then they hand sand over it to make everything meet up and that must take a while. I figured that that's just got to take. I could do that but this isn't about recreating what other people have done. This is about making my own and what I know how to do is round out profiles like that on the slack bit of my belt grinder. So the way my belt grinder is set up the front is on this platen, so it's sitting up against a hard piece of steel. Uh, so you can push into it and it has no give. But at the very top of it, because um, from the platen it makes a 90 degree turn straight back to the motor. And from, on, from the platen to the motor, between those two wheels, it is just a slack belt. And you can push into it a little bit and it has some give. So by doing that, and turning this lure in the right way, I managed to round out the entire lure. And after about 20 minutes of that, I now have this piece of mahogany that really looks like a fish lure, except for that it's not painted and it has none of the other accoutrements. So then I went in and spent a couple minutes with a file and uh, some 120 and then 220 sandpaper, just smoothing the whole thing out until it was really smooth at this point, I wanted to locate out where I was going to put the eyes and the gills and the hooks and all that. So I took it inside and I got those dividers that I should have gotten earlier and figured out where the eyes go. And I drew on a little tiny pupil and a little iris around it and then measured out the exact same spot on the other side and then used those in the front of the lure to figure out where the gills should go. And I just drew in the gills. Uh, I actually used a piece of paper that I cut into like a stencil so that both gills would look the same. And I just drew them on with a, a little pen onto the wood. And once those were done, I went back and figured out where I was going to put the hole for the lead and where I was going to put the holes for where the hooks go on and also where the line tie goes. So once all that was marked out, the next step was to carve in the gills. Now, I don't have a lot of carving experience. It's something I just don't come across very often. So I don't really have any tools for that specifically. So what I ended up doing was taking one of the knives that I have from way back when, just one of the many knives that is laying around my stuff, and I cut in along this line straight down, going down maybe a millimeter, but I had to take it in little tiny chunks and each little tiny chunk I would cut in straight down 
and make the whole line all the way across the gill plate. And then I'd come in from the back of the lure uh, at like a 30 degree angle, so real shallow, and I would just cut away a little bit. And over the course of maybe 20 minutes, I'd cut out both of these gill plates. And so they were just sunken in, but it looked really good. So I, when I was happy with that, I went in and drilled all the holes for both eyes and the three hook holes, um, or the three holes that I would be putting wire into. Again, I don't have all my tools available, so I had to use a little handheld drill. It was a lot of guesswork. I think I ended up using three different or four different drill sizes to get the eyes right, and there was a lot of tear out because what you should use are Forstner bits, and I only had straight twist drill bits, but I drilled in to the nose for the line tie-in. I drilled in a little bit and then turned the bait 90 degrees to make sure I'm still going straight, and then drilled in a little more and turned it back, and I just kept doing that until I was as deep as I wanted to drill. And I repeated that process on the very back and on the bottom about a third of the way from the back of the bait. I also drilled out the eyes and the eyes were probably the worst part of the whole bait. Because of the way the grain was running, there was tear out. I should have gone back and fixed it, but I never did. And that's one of my only regrets about this build. The last thing I had to do was figure out where I was gonna put the lead. It's unfortunate to me that you have to use lead for this. I, I might be able to find tungsten in the future or something that I feel won't hurt the environment nearly as much, but for now it's lead. So all I had was some lead sinkers from the fishing store. In order to put these in, the way people I've seen do it is they'll drill a couple holes out with a forstner bit and fill them up with a lead melting pot like you would use for uh, people who make their own bullets, but I don't have one of those. So what I ended up doing was drilling two quarter inch holes in the front bottom of the lure, and I used my knife to connect them and open them up. And I actually went out to my anvil and I forged, just cold forged the lead into kind of the right shape and size to fit in. And once it was close enough, I actually just used the hammer and put it into the lure and started forging on it while it was in the lure. And I guess the wood is hard enough that it just filled up the space. And it actually worked out really well. I just wish that I had put a little more lead in because it ended up not being quite enough. So now I have the eyes drilled and all the holes drilled. I needed to put something in for line and hooks to hang on. So I ordered this wire. Uh, I had ordered it actually the day before and overnighted it. And it's just, uh, it's sold as aircraft wire. If you're into um, racing of any type, it's, it looks like it's the same stuff as the safety twist wire. I used to use it on these go-karts I raced, except for I made a mistake and I ordered 51 thousandths thick wire, which is probably three times as thick as what I needed. I probably should have gone with like 20 thousandths thick wire, but I bought this huge 50 thousandths thick wire and didn't have a way to twist it. Cause my idea was you want a loop at the end and then it twisted, you can put the twisted end into the wood. So I ended up trying several different methods of 
trying to make a like a hook to put into the drill and then I would hold both ends and I tried that and of course that didn't work. I tried putting both ends in the drill and twisting it around a little screwdriver and that kind of worked. The only problem is that I broke several pieces of wire. What I ended up eventually settling on though was I took this very small computer screwdriver and I put that in the middle of a length of wire. And then I used some jeweler's pliers to wrap that around and make it really tight around the screwdriver. And I put both ends of the wire in the drill bit and slowly, slowly twisted it. And so twisting it around the screwdriver with the drill bit got it to make this really nice and neat, tight loop. And what I would do is I would put the end of the wire, this now twisted wire, I would put it into the hole that I had drilled in the lure. And I could twist it, it was almost like a like a really bad screw. And I could screw it into the wood, and that actually had a lot of pull. The one issue I kept running into is that it would undo the wire. So what I eventually figured out was that if I held the loop end in some vice grips and then screwed it in that way, it worked out perfectly. So once I had that figured out, I'd screw it in all the way, back it out a little, and put some super glue. Now, everyone I've seen making lures uses this super thin super glue, and I wish I had some. Unfortunately, all I have is this very thick gap filling super glue, but I got away with it. Super glued and screwed in these eye hole things. So once I had those in, they were set, they weren't going anywhere. I was really happy with that. So if you're gonna try this, that's what I suggest you do. The next thing I had to do was seal the wood. So I sealed the wood up with that extra thick super glue and it became this whole big issue because I don't know about you, but I hate getting super glue on my hands. And what I've seen other people do is just rub super glue onto this lure with their finger. And that sounds awful because I like my skin. So I put on gloves and I'm holding this lure nose and I put on a ton of this super thick super glue and I'm rubbing it on and it started to melt my gloves. I don't know why, but my gloves start melting. It took several pairs of gloves and a lot of finagling, but I eventually got the whole thing completely sealed off in super glue. And after waiting and letting it dry, I went back and sanded it and put more glue on it. And I did that, I think, with three coats of super glue. And so at this point, this, I, I wish I could have buffed it. I could have left the lure looking just like that. It would have looked like a wooden lure, but I tasked myself with painting it. So I let the super glue dry for the last time and decided to paint it. All right, so it's the next day. The super glue is all dried, sanded, it's ready for painting. At the same time I ordered my wire, I also bought my very first airbrush kit. I spent almost the entire day driving from hardware store to hardware store, trying to pick up pieces to make this thing work because it has British threads on it. About $20 in parts later, I finally had it hooked up to my air compressor with a whole bunch of leaky joints but it was ready to go. So I went outside and I took a box because I'm outside because my only experience with painting or anything like this is with spray paint. And so I kind of expected it to not only get everywhere, 
but also stink, which of course there's no reason for it to. So after my first little bit of painting with it, I quickly realized that I could do this inside, which I did later. But I have my airbrush set up. I put in some white paint, just a, a drop of white, flat white paint that I had bought at the craft store. I don't know if it's the right kind of paint. It was just like a 70 cent little bottle of paint. Anyway, so I put it in and I start painting with it and I couldn't get any of the paint to come out and I'm experimenting with all these little knobs and screws on the airbrush and I finally get to start come out, but it comes out in these huge twisted strands and it just looked really bad. So I, I realized I needed to thin the glue some. So I put in a little bit of denatured alcohol and I ended up losing the little dropper thing that came with the kit. I ended up dropping it into my entire gallon of denatured alcohol. So one calamity after another, it's very comical, but I eventually get the white paint thinned out enough that I got the entire thing, you know, after maybe 10 minutes, I finally get this entire lure painted a base of white. About 20 minutes later, because the paint dried very fast, I was very surprised at how quick it dried, I decided to go in with the blue. I messed around with it a whole bunch and I thinned it out, and I think I thinned it out way too much. And I might've also had the settings wrong because I go to paint it and I'm expecting a little, you know, little tiny bit. No, this, this sprayed maybe a two inch circumference of blue spray and I had the entire bait spray painted blue in, I, I probably shouldn't have even done the whole thing, I, but I painted the entire thing blue in maybe 10 seconds. I let that dry, I cleaned out my airbrush, I, which also I had to figure out how to clean out an airbrush. Cleaned out my airbrush, I let that dry, and I came back and I decided to paint the entire face of it red. And I decided that I was going to also paint the belly red. And I worked really hard to get a much better mixture of paint thinning and paint. So I have this red paint, which is just a kind of a, a flat red, if you will. I mixed, I think, three drops of this with half a milliliter of... Actually, I don't know if it was milliliters, the little marking thing I was using, the, this uh, little squeezy thing I was using to measure it, didn't even have what the unit was. It just had 0 0.5, 0 0.71. So I put 0.5 of whatever and mixed it with these two drops. I spent maybe five minutes playing with this thing, trying to get the perfect atomized spray, and I eventually got it pretty good. And so I sprayed the entire head of the bait red and I sprayed the belly and it turned out a little bit purple, but I should have expected that. But I had it red and the red went really well. So I was happy with the red. I then decided to paint the whole top of the thing, like what would be a fish's back. I painted that black. Same process. That didn't turn out so well. The black was a little bit different. The painting on the back worked out well, but you also have to paint a little, little, you're supposed to do a very thin, thin line of black around the gills and around the eyes. And it turned out way thicker 
way thicker than I want it to. So at this point, I've got this messy black around. It looks like my fish has a black eye and black gills, but I decided to continue going on and I figured it would be really cool to add some tiger stripes. So I went inside and took my butcher block and an old knife I had and I cut out of one of those magazine inserts, you know, when you open a magazine and 40 inserts fall out, I took one of those and I just cut out three little like lightning bolt tiger stripes. And I just held that up to the, the side of the bait and very lightly, much, much more lightly than I thought I would need, I sprayed it black and it turned out excellent. I was so proud of that. So now my lure has a black back, a blue body, a purplish red, much more red than purple, but purplish red belly and a red head with these black tiger stripes. And that was cool. And for my final thing that I did, I took a piece of screen and I wrapped the screen entirely around the bait and just, I'm holding it as I'm painting it at this point. I started off with the bait hooked up in this weird vice grip setup so that I could spray it without getting anything on my hand and I was wearing gloves. At this point now, I'm not wearing gloves. I'm just spray painting my fingers while I'm doing it. I have this pearlescent white and just very lightly, I went over all three sides, or the top left and right of the bait with this pearlescent white through this mesh and it turned out looking like scales. And that is probably what I'm most proud about on this bait is the tiger stripes and the scales look because they turned out looking very good. So I have the bait painted, almost finished. I let those dry, I took it upstairs. I used a nail and just straight up red to fill in the gills. And I ended up having to drill out the eye socket a little bit more. So that caused even more blowout and I, couldn't find any brushes, so I used a Q-tip to re-blacken the eye area. I wanted to put in the eyes, so I went to my local fly fishing supply store and bought these very expensive little holographic 3D eye. They turned out to be stickers. I thought they would be glass, but they were stickers, and I got them stuck to the table a couple of times, so that was cool. But I, I glued on these holographic eyes, and they look really good. They kind of look like frog's eyes, but they looked far better than anything I could have painted. And I used the super glue, along with them being stickers, to stick them into the eye sockets, and they turned out really well. So I took this whole painted, eyed lure now. It's, it, it's looking really like a lure at this point. And I let it hang for maybe an hour to dry it out, and I went back to clear coat it. Clear coating this lure was probably the worst part of this build as far as the quality of the lure. What I've seen other people do is they take this UV reactive clear coat stuff, that's what it's made for, and they dip it and they put it into these bright UV lights and it creates this perfect clear coat lure, like how a lure looks when you buy it from the store. And it looks great. The only clear resin that I have is the stuff that I use to hold on my knife handles. It's this 24 hour set, two and a half ton epoxy. You know, it dries clear, which I like. It takes about 45 minutes to set up and become tacky, but it's not a good choice for this because I mixed it up and I had a whole issue with it because in shipping it down here from Maryland, it ended up getting covered in blue dicum. So that was a mess, but I mixed it up and I put it on 
by hand with the glove on. I put it on my lure, and it's too thick, especially because it was cold out. It's it's cold, so it's too thick. Now, what you would normally do to make resin thinner once you've put it on something is you hit it with some heat, and that thins it out. The problem with this resin is once you heat it up, it starts to set. So I did take a couple lighters and just really, I thought if I just did it very quickly and just a little bit to get it thinner, that I wouldn't have any issues. But no, it started to set up too quickly. It started to collect the soot from the lighters and it actually got a couple little, uh, you also heat it up to get the bubbles out, but I got the bubbles out, but it collected little tiny bits of like dust or something like that. So my one regret with this is not using a better clear coat. But that aside, at this point, I'm 99% done with this lure. I let it set up overnight, and the way I did that was I hung it from a wire. I don't have anything to hang on here, so I put a wire around a coat hanger and put the coat hanger up in a spare closet, hung the lure from the wire from the coat hanger, and then I put another, here's a little trick, I put another wire through the bottom of the lure, so you hang it up by the nose, and you let it drip down the bottom, and you put another wire from the bottom, and that controls the drip. And so I did all that. I let it set up overnight. And besides the shortcomings of the, the clear coat, it looked great. If you want to go check it out, I have pictures of it on my Instagram, at Nick underscore Johnson underscore Knives. Go check it out. I'd appreciate it. But the last thing to do was put on treble hooks and take it fishing. I took a drill bit. I figured out whatever the right size seemed to be was and I just wrapped it around there and used some wire snips to cut it and file it. And it was difficult to put the hooks on without poking myself. And I really don't want to poke myself with treble hooks. These are 4X treble hooks. They're fairly big. But so I finally get the treble hooks on with wire and this thing is done. I was so excited. I really hope you guys check it out. I really hope that I make another one of these soon because it was a lot of fun. But so I decided to take it out fishing because, you know, I have to see how it works. So I broke out my old saltwater fishing rod and I hopped in my car. It's maybe 30 degrees out. It was so cold and there are huge wind gusts. I drove down about 15 minutes away to a nearby bridge that's right on the mouth of the Chesapeake Bay. Got out, thankfully, it, this is at a boat launch, and luckily in this time of year, probably because nobody's actually using it, the boat ramp parking was free. So I hopped out, instantly realized it was way, way colder over by the water than it was at home. So I was really cold, but I set up my fishing pole with the lure, I tied it on, I set up a little extra leader, and I got out, walked out to one of the pylons of this bridge, which is the only place where there wasn't constant aggressive wind. And I was so excited, I put the lure in the water and it just stayed right on the surface. I actually wish I had put in a little bit more lead. It had a little bit of a wobble, but I was having a hard time actually telling because there was so much wind pulling on the line that it pulled it 90 degrees to the direction that I was pulling on, no matter what I did. So I have to go back sometime and try again when it's not freezing and there's not huge wind gusts. I cast it out a few times. Unfortunately, I didn't have enough time to really 
fish a lot because it was just too darn cold. And of course I didn't catch anything because I was there. I got there right at low tide. And I mean, you could see where high tide was about eight feet higher than that. And there's no way I was going to catch anything. Even if it was summer, no fish is going to be where I was at low tide. But so I cast it out a few times and when the wind wasn't blowing it away, it would do a little wobble back. And that's about it. I don't have much more to tell to the story. I was super excited about how well it worked. It, it, even though there were, it could be better, it worked well enough. I did everything that I wanted to do with it. I got the gill plates in, I got several colors, I got treble hooks working. I made my own fishing lure and I had a lot of fun doing it and that's what was important. And if you wanna see the lure and see how it worked and if you wanna see how I made the entire thing, I actually filmed the entire process and I will put it up on a YouTube video, which I haven't uploaded yet. My YouTube channel is Nick Johnson it might be Nick Johnson Knives. I'll title the video, Making My First Fishing Lure. But if you want to see the whole video of that, go check it out. If you think you can make this, I highly suggest you give it a shot. Make sure you have all the stuff to do it. If you make one, take a picture of it, tag me in it. I'd love to see what you guys make. I had a ton of fun making this. I think you guys will too. But that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to I Could Make That. And if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, I'd love to hear them. If you're somebody who makes things and you have a story to tell about it, get in contact with me. I would love to hear it and maybe feature it in the show at some point. I, this is my first episode. I don't know how the show will change, but I'm going to try and make it the best I can. But thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great day and keep on making.